Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Open up our hearts, Lord, this morning. Ready us to receive the word of God in Jesus' name. And the church shouts one more time. Amen and amen. Praise you, Lord. We got us a pretty good God. I want to tell you something. I closed out the last service with this, and I'll I'll launch it with this one. It is Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. How many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me, and you lift up my head. I want you to know something. Is it still morning? No, it's afternoon. I want you to know something this afternoon. We're going to win. I'm telling you that. I'm telling you, yes, there will come a time. There will come a time that the enemy will have a certain amount of victory on this earth. But it's not yet. There's still you and me. You don't lay your hands. Rodney Howard Brown says, you lay your hands on the church, you're going to die. You might as well get sized up for our coffin today. That's not, a, that's not his own opinion. He's pulling that right out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. Bring it on. You know what I'm saying? We're going to win. Listen, we can't, we're not going to hold it off forever, but we can own our generation. We can turn this thing around. You read, you, you read Jeremiah 26, 19, the Lord is willing to relent. If the church stands up, and I believe that there's a mighty revival about to take place. Listen, the skinny jeans wearing latte suckers ain't coming and they're not invited. I will tell you this. It's going to be a whole different breed of believer. Ones with spines on them that stand in the word of God. Those of you that are placid and you believe that that's a godly trait, it is not. Stand firm then, be bold, be strong and courageous. That's what we're called to be. That's what we're called to do. We're going to win. Your kids are going to have grandkids for you. We're going to turn this thing around. Norway, Denmark, Sweden have all shut down all COVID passports. Shut them down. And don't you worry, the states are coming behind us. Coming behind us. You're going to see Florida go that way. Texas go that way. Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Tennessee, West Virginia, Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, Montana, I'm telling you, we will own a massive swath. Listen, it will be sort of a parallel economy, but that's just fine with me because the scripture says to come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. I'm fine with that. They're perfectly willing to come into my territory. Got no problem. I'll love you and try to win you, but I'm not going to bow to you. Look at me, ever. Just get get those four letters in your mind, Satan, ever. Get those four letters in your mind, Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci, and you vaccine pushers, ever. I'll never bow my knee to you. 
Beast one and beast two in the book of Revelation chapter 13 are both what? False prophets. I want to tell you this morning, false prophets are coming for you. Do not be deceived. Beware of false prophets. Jesus said that. Now, if Jesus says beware, you know what you ought to do? Be aware of false prophets. Matthew chapter 7 verse 16. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Jesus said that again in Matthew chapter 24 verse 11. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 1, John says, test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world to deceive many people. Test the spirits. Now that's what we're going to learn this morning. We're going to learn how to test the spirits and we're going to learn what to do once we discover that one of them is false. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 18 says, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past and they overthrow the faith of some. False prophets, look at me now, false prophets are coming for you. Why is that? Because Satan is not omnipresent. He has to dispatch his human minions. Tom, that's mean and unloving. I'm reading Bible verses to you. It's not mean or unloving. False prophets are coming for you. Now listen, you know what a, how threatening a false prophet is to you? You're only destroyed if you have a lack of They can't get you. They're nothing but a worm or a roach if you have knowledge. You'll spot them. You'll smell them. You'll address them and kick them out. But they're coming. The reason why the church is where it is today, the reason why we need a worldwide revival of basically 18 to 28-year-olds because my generation stinks is because they have no fear of God. They have no wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. They have no, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, discernment. They should have known this when it was coming. I mean, who can't see it? You had head of the Baptist Theological Seminary, or at least former head, Pastor Jeffries recently come out and said, there's no Christ-like reason to not take the vaccination. What are you thinking when you're looking around the world, Pastor, and people can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without their mark of the beast, er, vaccine passport? Why are you preaching that? Because you have no discernment. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. He's not led by the Spirit of God. He's led by political pragmatism, and that's it. No, thank you. I'm already gone. Ain't no pragmatism left for me. False prophets will come your way, and let me just warn you with this. Who's the number one false prophet for most Christians? Themselves. Remember that, because you're warring against your flesh. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. That's Romans chapter 8, 5 through 8. It's written to Christians. We have to battle. And your number one false prophet is your carnality. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like that. I'm offended. 
Listen, if you survived this church more than three weeks, you're in the upper 0.1%, same as the COVID death rate. You're in the upper post 0.1% of all people that have ever walked into this church. Listen, I really, I respect some people. I've even fought with some people that still attend this church. But I'm not saying I was even right. I'm just telling you utmost respect for overcoming your offense. I have to overcome it all the time. With you, you need to overcome it with me sometimes. So is deception a problem? Well, it certainly is talked about a lot. Let's look. Luke chapter 21, verse 8. Jesus said, take heed that you are not deceived. So that's a possibility, right? 2 Corinthians 11.3, but I fear, Paul writes, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. What, what does that mean? Oh, you know what that means? Let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever's more than these is from the evil one. They present you with a virus, you say that's bound. Simplicity, not, well, I believe that, but you have to use wisdom. When you, hear, when you hear scripture say, I'll get to these in a minute, expel the wicked man from among you, what should you do? Simple. No, you know, let's get him into counseling. That's not what it says. It says expel him. Bye. Tommy, have you done that before? Of course. Of course. If you're weird and you're making a show out of it, you're a gossip, you will never survive here. Comes back to me, I'll give you a chance. Reject the device of man after the first and second admonition. You probably won't get to number two because it gives me a choice. First or second. <laughs> Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. First Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be deceived. Who is it that you hang around with? Are they like the Holy Spirit who's the glory and the lift you of your head? Or, they, or do they make your head hang low? Or set your mind on worldly or carnal things? Well, this is old school preaching. There's never been old school, new school, any of that. Cool school, uncool school. It's the Bible. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. A lot of people need to hear this. Do not be deceived. Now, why would he put this? I'll, I'll read it first. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, why would he put deceive there? Because all of us would probably be thinking, since I'm preaching to the choir, that of course an adulterer or a homosexual or fornicator is not going into the kingdom of heaven, right? But for some reason, Scripture puts it, which is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1, verse 1. So this is the Jesus saying, do not be deceived. Because people will end up believing that fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, and extortioners are going to heaven. Where would they get that idea from? False prophets. In the pulpits of most American churches. Telling people that you need a fresh start or a new beginning instead of repentance. That's why, listen, I'm telling you right now that most churches, even though they open post-COVID, they're dead. 
they're dead. They're having to come up with schemes and giveaways and VBSs and everything they could possibly come up with to try to infuse some sort of life into their church because they never repented. I'm not even talking about sin. I'm talking about the compromise of strapping masks on your face, taking government money, and locking your churches down. You don't just reopen. That doesn't count. Jesus' style is public confession. Yes. See how quiet I can make a room? As soon as you say that, well, uh, I'm talking about the leaders. I'm not talking about the church goes, listen, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. James chapter 3, verse 1, right? So the, the, the pastors and the leaders that close down their churches, they need to get out in front of it right now and say, you know what? We're not just open. I was wrong. I turned my back on the word of God. I infused my disgusting wisdom with the word of God. The word of God tells me to bind. And I said, well, I believe that. But you have to use wisdom. It's disgusting and it's called heresy. Add thou not to his word, lest he reprove thee and thou be found a liar. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Most of us know this. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. So a lot of people think what? God is mocked. See, what these people don't realize right now that slaughter the unborn to the tune of 60 million a year, but now call themselves purveyors of life because they advocate for masks and lockdowns and vaccines, God doesn't care. Your righteousness is filthy, stinking rags. First of all, it's not even, if you're going to go with false righteousness, at least be right. At least have a vaccine that does something outside of killing people with capillary blood clotting and destroying their immune system. At least have a mask that works. Get everybody in a bio suit if you're going to do it. Instead of the clown show that's going on right now. They think that God is mocked. They think that, you know, we're going to put out there that, you know, we're trying to allegedly three to four million people have died of COVID worldwide in a year and a half, right? That's what they say. But during that exact same period of time, a hundred million babies have been aborted worldwide. And you're saving who? Lifesaver. Lifesaver Biden. Lifesaver. Who did you save? Lifesaver Biden right now who cut off 50% of the monoclonal therapies into, into Florida. By the way, 66% of those monoclonal therapies were going to Democrats and the double vaxxed. Whoops. He'll kill his own. For his agenda, you will take your mark. Here's your mark right now. Ready? It's a precursor to the mark of the beast. If you're Catholic, get over what I'm about to tell you because I'm a, I'm a Catholic. I was raised Catholic. There are rosary beads for a branch Covidian. Credit Steve Deese. That's what I call the religion of COVID. Branch Covidians. Their rosary beads are their masks. You know, like... Catholic, you know, he's got to adjust it, adjust. Their baptism or their communion is the double jab, bam. You will abide by that no matter what or I'll cut off your therapies. It's how they are. And then they call themselves purveyors of life. Look at us, look at our virtue. And then the church emulates them. 
The stinking baby butchers tell the church to jump and the church says, well, let me get your advice. How high? God is not mocked though. The church might be, but God's not mocked. God's adding up the bodies. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. It's coming. It's coming. 90 million, 90 to 100 million have been butchered in the womb since the beginning of COVID. 300 million have starved to death because of the lockdowns. And so that's half a billion people. Half a billion people, which is, many, which is as many as the CCP have slaughtered in the womb over their entire reign over China. It's been accomplished, look at me, has been accomplished in a year and a half. And then you put their, you, then you put their mask on your face? Don't you do it. Repent. If you're not me, you can repent privately. If you're a dad and you brought masks and vaccines into your home, you need to repent to your family. Tom, we're just trying to be loving. Don't, there is no love outside of this. It doesn't exist. This may be too hardcore for your love, then your love is too softcore. That's the truth. So what do you do when a false prophet comes your way? Oh, no, oh just love them. No! It's not the Bible. We are to take action. Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. Now I urge you, brethren, Paul writes. Here it is, two words. Note those. Note them. Do you ever notice how the weirdos don't survive around here? Have you ever noticed it? You know, you got some guys shouting out operatic stuff last week. You know, well, I don't know if this this service or the other guy, other service. Oh! Waits for the quiet moment. As soon as that happens, we're dispatched. You're not going to make a public display here. Worship's not about you. They don't make it here. You know why? I note them. As soon as that happened, my eyes locked with Aaron and I said, find him. And Jeff Tomas went and found him. If you're still here, staying, hang in there, brother. You ain't going to sing opera in the middle of my worship service. I don't care if you're Pavarotti. Ain't happening. Been through that before. There's no accommodation here for whack jobs. None. You're welcome. You note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. So, so far we've got two commands, note and avoid. It's my job as a pastor to enable you to avoid them here. See how quiet it gets in here sometimes when I preach? For those who are such, those causing divisions and offenses, do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. That's why I don't let them come in here and start their Bible studies. I'm going to have to know you for quite a while before then. I'll have to see what kind of life you have. 
What kind of marriage you have? Well, Tom, I really don't want you probing into my life. Then go teach your Bible study at Dumbo Church down the road. They'll let people do whatever they want to do. When you're, a, when you're a nut job around here, you're on the clock. Because I've noted you. The time is short. Unless you change. Reject the device of man after the first and second admonition. Titus 1, 15 and 16. I'll do that. I'll do that. But it won't be a whole bunch of admonitions. It might be two. Maybe. If you're not annoying, it's two. If you're annoying, it's 75% of one. So will the false prophet come from inside or outside the church? It's coming from the inside, folks. It may not be from the inside of this church. It may it'll just come from the inside of the church. And most oftentimes from the inside of your own church. Tom, are you saying that that could happen here? Absolutely. I'm not naive. That's why I note them. You don't need to walk in eggshells around me. You can scream and shout and worship God, dance in here, get on your knees, get on your face. I don't care. As long as you're blending in and it's corporate worship, we're good. If it's, if it's all about you, on the clock. I'm not naive. There's always a way to spot them, the false prophets, the disruptors, people with selfish ambitions. There's always a way to note them, to spot them. How do you do it? What's the first principle? How do you, fall, how do you find or how do you spot, how do you note a false prophet? Exactly right, by the way. Their fruit will be what? It's not there. Notice it. They may be able to spin scripture, but notice it. If you don't, you'll be destroyed for lack of knowledge if you don't know the Bible and know that they're spinning it and that it's out of context. I told you about a former worship leader of mine who misquoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given for inspiration. No, it's all scripture is given by inspiration of God. You see how you can twist it? I'm not saying he did it on purpose, but he, that way all scripture's positive. All scripture's given for inspiration, Gandhi. No. All scripture is given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it'll bring in godly sorrow. Sometimes it'll wreck your life. Sometimes it'll, it'll make your life. Sometimes it'll tell you you're going to heaven. Sometimes it'll tell you you're going to hell. She just mentioned going to hell, dead silence. You know, most people are going there, right? Narrow is the way, if you find it. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. You know what the next verse is? I already read it to you. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. What's their fruit? If they're warned, Jesus warns about deception right after those two verses. Why would he do that? Because they're going to offer a wide gate. They're going to tell you that you can do whatever you want and be saved. Your spiritual journey, your fresh starts, your new beginning. Don't tell you you don't have to repent of sin. You do. 
Repenting of sin is not works, it's belief. If you've not repented, you've never entered into faith. You've never entered into Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. You've never entered in because faith is obedience. Hebrews chapter 3, 18 and 19. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. If you don't obey, it's you never entered into faith. You can't be saved. Oh, it's works-based salvation. You're a false prophet who doesn't know the word, who has some sort of agenda. Well, I want to build a career at this thing. Resign now. You want a career? Go to Walmart. You'll always spot them because they're devoid of the word or they're adding or subtracting from it. Again, the whole COVID thing. The entire church closed down in the world outside of a few remnants and outposts of freedom like right here in the River Church, Tony Spell, Greg Locke, a few others, Archer Pulaski's. Everybody else closed down. Why? Because they added to the word or they subtracted from it. A very simple phrase, close down the, the church international. You have to use wisdom. It seems rather innocuous, doesn't it not? Does it not? Well, you know, I do, I, you know, I believe that. But you know, you got to use wisdom. That's not the Bible. You'll spot them. Here's some others just to give you some hints. Tom, how do you know everything? Well, I've been, I've been saved since 1987, been in the church the entire time since then, pastoring this church for 17 years. I know how to spot these people. Not to mention law enforcement for 25 years, I spot people. Very rarely does anybody get by. On occasion they do, and I admit it, boy, that one got by me. It's rare. I spot lunatics from a mile away. That's why you don't see them here. <laughs> the, the leaflet passer-outers, you notice they don't last long here. I just sick Heather on them. You sick Heather on them, they're done. It's finished. That's like a Wolverine. <laughs> Honey badger. Oh, there she is. Right there in the back door. Relentless. You ever, <laughs> you ever see the honey badger in the mouth of the lion? Still alive. That's Heather. <laughs> I don't even have to do that stuff anymore. Heather, get them. Or I can go one step worse. That's Hope. <laughs> Heather is Hope's minion. <laughs> you spot them from a mile away. Look for the resume peddlers. Well, this is what I've done. You know, I graduated from Butt Kisser Theological Th Seminary uh, in 1974. <laughs> and I got my master's in bootlicking. And you know what? Look at this. Masters in bootlicking got me. <laughs> They're prideful. It's all about them all the time. Yeah. People, people will say to me, how did you get to where you are? Ask the closest people to me. Ask my wife. Ask Heather. Ask Aaron. Ask them. Even some ask Pete. People have known me for a long time. You know how I got here? Not trying. Just let God be God. Preach the word. Let God be God. Let God be God. 
Preach the word. Your steps are ordered too. There's no high call. God is not a respecter of persons. Romans 2.11. There is no respect of persons with God. God does not think of me above you. He has a calling that is equally important on your life as, as on mine. Or on any other human being you could possibly name. If you do what you are called to do. Don't try to be out in front of people. Just do what you're called to do. If God chooses to exalt you in due time and put you in front of people, fine. When did I start preaching? I'm 53 now. When did I start preaching? When I was 36. 36 years old, never preached a day before in my life. I became a youth pastor. I was on Pete's worship team. Opened up doors for me that way. And then just grinded. I I preached to this church when there's 15 people here. Total, in a cafeteria, Englewood Elementary School, at their cafetorium. <laughs> Started this church, $10,000 in debt, which I borrowed from my friend to buy speakers and pianos and drums. Grind it out. But you'll spot these people. They're peddlers. They'll try to come in and instantly be promoted. I mean, do you really think it's going to happen here? I just, I just, I'm always, I want, I, God sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and I sit there and I just mock them. Who do you think you are? You really think that's going to happen? I remember one guy who's trying to push some sort of Alcoholics Anonymous thing here, which is fine. I have no problem with it. I'm just saying, I said to him, go talk to Heather. And Heather, and I told Heather what to tell him. And she said, once you have come for a while, We'll set up an appointment for you with Pastor Tom. We'll talk about you having a ministry here. So what did he do every Sunday? He planted himself right where you guys are in front of that white back door and waited for me to walk through here. Disobeyed the authority, the chain of command that I put in place and tried to get a hold of me. You know what happened with his ministry? I'm done with you. I just always, listen, I always want you back. Always room for redemption upon repentance. That you will not bully your way around here. You're a false prophet. You're disobedient. You're unwilling to submit. Do you know submission's a big deal? I'm leaving the message series behind for a minute. We all know the popular one that all the men love. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. <laughs> Ephesians 5.22, right? And by the way, that's absolutely true. But what's the verse in front of it? Submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. How do do you work that out? Well, you know how you work it out is if there's an impasse and there's no way for you to have an agreement, then it's the husband's call. But that's it. Otherwise, it's team likely. It's team Wolfgang. Submitting to one another. People don't want to do, they're so stinking prideful. They won't submit to anything. I think I've told you this before. I remember a drummer who left our church in a fit. And he tells me, I submit to no man. You're a liar. You're a liar. You pay your taxes every year. I know you've been pulled over by the cops at some point in your life and you submitted. You're just, you're, you're spiritually unsubmissive. You're submissive to the world, but not to pastoral authority. That's the way it always works. People will pay their taxes and not pay their tithes. And tithe is only 10%. And for me, taxes are 28%. Ouch. Here's some other symptoms you can look for for false prophets. 1 Timothy 5, 12 and 13. 
Now, if you're a Calvinist, this first verse is going to hurt. As would most of the New Testament, if you read it. You're welcome. Study to show yourself approved. Preach the word. Having condemnation, verse 12, because they have cast off their first faith. Whoops. I thought once you're saved, you're always saved. It's not the Bible. Had somebody meet me at the door last week. And you might be in here. Love you. You're very sweet. You did it right. Love you. Seriously. But if you believe you're once saved, always saved, bring it to me. But you better know it now. It's not in there. How do you have the great apostasy titled twice in the New Testament? Chapters of Scripture titled the great falling away. Well, they were never saved to begin with. Then how could they fall away? See, what drives me nuts in our culture right now is a lack of logical thought. I put a mask on. For what? The size of a COVID particle? 0.06 to 0.14 microns. Source, Doctrine of Beauty. N95 mask, the best available mask to the public, starts at three times that size. So what's the point? The most masked, the most vaccinated cultures on the planet are the most severely infected. Israel has reached 90% vaccination. 90% and 95% of their severe COVID hospitalized infections are double vaccinated Pfizer people. Absolute fact. They're putting it out. And now they're moving. See how lack of logic? So what do you do? Go to a fourth booster? They're on number four. What about antibody enhancement syndrome? You ever thought about that? You ever thought about capillary blood clotting? You ever thought that you're destroying these people's immune system? What happens with antibody enhancement syndrome? Does anybody know? Study to show yourself approved. Don't take that death jab. Very reputable sources. I put on the podcast, Dr. Cole, out of the Mayo Clinic, seen 350,000 patients. That's, that's what he says. Trained out of the Mayo Clinic. Absolute expert in immunology. Seen 350,000 patients. How many has Anthony Fauci seen in the last five decades? Zero. He still walks around with a stethoscope in his coat. <laughs> and he talks about antibody enhancement syndrome. What is it? Well, what happens is when you have an ever-mutating virus, your antibodies turn into an usher. They can kill the first one. The very first, when you immunize, when you get a vaccine against an ever-mutating virus, what happens is, is they have what's called a mutational shift. And when that, when that come, when it turns from alpha to gamma to where we are now, delta, we've had lambda, what happens is, is your antibodies attach themselves to it, but they don't kill it. They usher it. Antibody enhancement syndrome. They usher it throughout your body and multiply it. That's why you saw the other day, live on national television, two members of The View, those lovely ladies, Anna Navarro and Sonny Hostin, ushered off the stage of fully vaccinated every... All the elites are up there vaccinated with no masks. All the workers, their coffee getters, are all walking around with their masks on. Everybody vaccinated, everybody masked, and everybody with COVID. 
Oh, they had to stop taping because they were about to bring out the queen, Kamala Harris. Stop taping. Get them out of here. Where's the logic? And right now they're lying to you. They're telling you in America. How is it that most people dying of COVID in Great Britain are double jabbed? 64%. Scotland, same thing. Israel, same thing. But somehow in America, it's not that way. Well, that's the same CDC that gave you all the other advice it's given you so far. Made up of the same people that said Joe Biden got 81 million votes. They're liars. How do you spot these lying false prophets? Having condemnation, back to 1 Timothy 5, 12 and 13. Having condemnation because they have left, cast off their first faith. faith. They're condemned. They were saved. They cast it off and now they have condemnation. That's what it says. This is what it says. I could, go, I could give you a bunch of them. And besides, they learn to be idle. Wandering about, boy, have I seen this. At this church. Until I catch you and remove you. And besides, they learn to be idle. Wandering about from house to house. I recently kicked a woman out of this church. And the very first thing she did was wander from house to house. And I went, thank you, Holy Spirit. I knew I was right. Smell you. I smell you. See, I'll keep you if you're a jerk over a false prophet. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies saying things which they ought not. Why do they do that? Because they have, there's nothing left of the sharpness of their faith. Their first love is gone. They cast it off. So now they've got to entertain themselves. By running down the pastoral staff. What, 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 what fun is that, by the way? Tom's fat. Okay, that's great. True. I don't care. Tom's too loud. True. I don't care. God's making you come here. You're not allowed to leave. You're going to defy the Holy Spirit? I've called you to that church. Well, there certainly are a whole lot nicer at the Presbyterian church down the road. They tell me I'm saved when I'm not. I love those people. What will be the end of people like this to the false prophets, the busybodies, the gossips? 2 Timothy chapter 3, 8 and 9. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. But they will progress no further. Have you ever watched the American Christian culture? And if this is you, I'm urging you, I, I'm telling you this because I love you. See, God is love. If you don't consider correction to be love, then you don't understand the Bible. Did you, ever, did you ever read the writings of Paul to Ephesus, to Galatia, to Timothy? These are not necessarily super friendly letters, but they are love. When Paul said, I would rather you castrate yourself. You think I'm mean? I've never said that. I wish they'd just go all the way and castrate themselves. 
He wanted people, instead of preaching circumcision, to just go ahead and preach castration. Now I look sweet, don't I? Sweet as can be. But they will progress no further. God will corn them off. Watch. Watch the, watch the culture in America. These people, they'll spend their entire lives calling themselves an apostle. And they've touched no one. They've saved no one. They've healed no one. But they are big in their own eyes. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. Measure yourself. So what action should you take? I actually gave you the wrong scripture numbers on this earlier. I said 115, 16. It's 311. It's 310 and 311. So correct that. You have to take action. It's not just love them. Reject the device of man. After the first and second admonition, verse 2, number 11, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning and self-condemned. Yeah, but you know, I get, a, I get some positive out of that relationship. That's not what it tells you. I'm chewing on the meat and spitting out the bones. No, it says reject the device of man. That doesn't sound loving. Then you don't understand love. That's loving. That's way more loving than anything you're doing. Reject the device of man. You know what reject means in the Hebrew? Reject. How about the Greek? Reject them. You don't need to do a Bible study. Reject a device of man. If you're going out to lunch with somebody and they're running me down, you should get up and leave. I stunned my church, Faith Assembly of God, in Orlando, a church of about 1,000 people. I used to hang around with the young adult group as I was there going to college at UCF. And I vowed to the youth group, it was actually a young adult group. I said, it was such a gossip fest. It's all that it was. So I told everybody, for now on, when you start gossiping, I'm walking away. Physically walking away. I remember, well, the big hangout, even though it was Orlando, I don't know why this was the big hangout, but the big hangout was Burger King. <laughs> all there. And we're standing out in the parking lot, and it started, I turned my back to those people and walked away. Reject a divisive man. Doesn't say love him. It says reject him. And if the Bible says reject him, that is loving them. See, you won't agree because you're afraid. I understand. A lot of you are brainwashed. You went to art churches way too long. You need to be sitting under the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. For the Word of God's quick, powerful, sharp piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Come back alive. Be pliable. Even if you faded away and you've gotten a little harder of heart, if I'm giving you the Bible, you need to come into agreement with the Bible. Not me. With the Bible. Agree with it. Well, it doesn't feel right. Your feelings are wrong. 1 Corinthians 5, 12 and 13 says this. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you to judge those? Are you not to judge those inside? Wait a minute. Now, I was told by Pastor Skinny Jeans, <laughs> Pastor Lockdown, Pastor Mask Wearer, Pastor COVID R. Caver, that you're never to judge. Anybody, who's been taught that? 
You aren't to judge. That's not the Bible. You therefore have no excuse. You pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. That's how you don't judge. That's Romans chapter 2 verse 1. If you're doing the same things, keep your mouth shut. If you're, if you're somebody who's starting to believe, you know, I'm going to usher profanity back into my walk with God to illustrate my freedom, I'm going to correct you. But now you yourselves ought to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Colossians 3.8. I'll judge you. Boom! I judge your worship. Stinks. When it stinks, it stinks. Today was fantastic. It's my job. As people come up to me, they're like, well, you know, it's just quiet. I don't want quiet. I was raised in quiet. Amen. <laughs> Branch Covidian is your sign of the cross. Sign of devotion. Shove it. And I mean deep, sideways. Shove it. Well, that doesn't sound very loving, Tom. Judge those. You guess what? You're free. You don't need to judge anybody outside the church. They're sinners. They're lost. There's no point. You're to judge those inside the church. It doesn't mean that you sit around. We don't judge facial expressions. If I see Daryl and Melissa talking to one another across the room, that's the Wolfgangs right here, and I see Melissa point at me, I don't go, they're talking about me. That's, 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 that's wrongful judgment. If I meet Daryl out in the hallway and he starts dropping F-bombs, Colossians 3.8 is coming his way. Now. You think I'm going to let people out in the foyer of this church drop F-bombs at a pa church I pastor? Never. I will judge that. Do you see the difference? It's not, well, she didn't say hi to me today. What are you, two? You're 47. You know when someone doesn't say hi to me, you know what I think? Well, it makes life easier. Seven minutes to go. Everybody with me? Right. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound very loving. Judge people. That's because your love is not the Bible. That means your love is wrong. Well, you, I believe that, but you have to use wisdom. Heresy. The Bible says expel, reject, you do it. God will judge those, verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. God will judge those outside. We're free. Expel the wicked man from among you. You do things around here that's wicked. You're like, Tom, aren't we supposed to have the sinners come in here? Yeah, I'll show you the difference here in a second. If you as a believer are espousing your Christianity and preaching wickedness, you will not last here. And by the way, if that, if, if your version of love is not the Bible, you're now vulnerable. 
That's what happened to the Church International. Their version of love was not the Bible, so they thought love was strapping a lie on their face. Community partner, good neighbor, believing the word of God, but you have to use wisdom. That was their version of love. And now many of them are millions of dollars of debt in debt to the federal government. It's called PPP money. And pretty soon they won't be able to buy, sell, trade, or travel without their well health safety seal on their door and mandatory vaccinations to walk into your building. It's never been about health. It's about marking you, controlling you, and distancing you from those that you love. So you cannot coagulate together. But we're going to win. At least our generation. If the next generation loses it, fine. We're going to win ours. I'm not going to let us lose. I will cast down the wicked. I have no respect for the wicked. I will cast them down and I will mock them. God sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But if your version of love is not the Bible, it makes you vulnerable. Just like the word for many Christians is not their protection. The word is your protection. Whatever you bind is bound. Well, I tried it once and it didn't work. Study to show yourself approved. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Delve deep. If it's not working for you, it's because of unbelief. Jesus said it, Mark chapter 9, verse 24. Matthew chapter 10, verse 27. Mark chapter 4, verses 37 through 41. If there's an expectation of the miraculous and it doesn't occur, it's unbelief. Well, that's not very loving. That's the Bible. So it is love. Well, that's mean to say. You know, we prayed over Aunt Margaret and she died. So we all just changed our theology to something outside of the Bible. Because of one bad experience. What if the apostles did that? Peter fell into the water. What did Jesus say? Hey, nice try and pat him on the rear end. He says, because you have no faith. Quote. Why were you fearful? Why do you have no faith? Well, hey, nice try. Now, that's the ark church. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about with ark churches. Look it up. I could name names. I slipped with one name in the first service. You never know. It could come out. But that's what happens. Christians, their version of love was not the Bible. So therefore, it's, just, it's a cascading principle. Your version of love is not the Bible. Your version of protection is not the Bible. Your version of wealth is not the Bible. Your version of prosperity is not the Bible. How many of you believe that it's an attribute to be poor? It's not. That's not the Bible. How many of you know, don't answer out loud unless you believe it, that God has destined you to be rich? Amen. Destined you to be rich. It's part of the covenant. It's part, look at that white cross. It's part of the cross that you gain wealth. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty, just like through his body, sinless body on the cross, that you through his poverty might become rich. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Well, you know, I don't believe that. You're, her you're a heretic. You're a Pharisee in that area. See how sweet I am? Didn't say you weren't saved. You're just stupid in that area. You're stupid in that area. <laughs> I got areas of stupidity in my life. Anybody else? I know there's things right now that I'm wrong about. 
My wife usually tells me what they are. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 5, 9 through 11. This might be our last bit of scripture for this afternoon. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. What? Yet I certainly did not mean with sexually immoral people of this world. Hmm. Now that does not license you to date sexually immoral people. This is talking about men hanging around with other men who are sexually immoral and women hanging around with other women who are sexually immoral. Got it? Not me going and ministering at the bar to barmaids. Hey, I'm Pastor Tom here. <laughs> any, any ladies available for some consultation? No. And by the way, I see that inside the church too. Men who have no interest in ever laying hands on men, but as soon as a pretty girl walks in the door, I feel called to speak into your life. No. Keep your mouth shut and find a lady. Verse 10, yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. Now what is he talking about? He's not talking about people who are actually struggling with sin and admit it. Yeah, I'm struggling right now. Fine. Minister. It's the person who says that they're righteous in the midst of it. Separate. Expel the wicked man from among you. Expel them from your life. Expel them from the church. I have absolutely no problem. Listen, I am a Romans 3.23 Christian. Sinners saved by grace. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have. I, have no, I, I do not have the right to be disgusted by anybody's sin at all. And I'm not. And I mean that. I'm not disgusted. You may not believe this. For it may have helped that I was in law enforcement and saw every conceivable, horrible thing your eyes could ever lay eyes, your eyes could ever see. And arrested people for various heinous things. But I'm not, I'm not bothered by anybody's sin. I'm bothered by their lack of transparency. If you claim to be one thing and live another, and that's the only thing that torqued Jesus off too. Yes, every sinner goes to hell without repentance. But the ones that made him mad were who? The hypocrites. And they're the ones who keep all the lost out of our churches. While they get their little group inside the church and they minister in the midst of their sin, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. They climb into churches with weak pastors. Hey, pastor, I'm so desperate to have anybody come in here that I'll take anybody and put them into any position. The next thing you know, you got some creep teaching a, a young married couple's ministry and sleeping with all the wives in the group. Oh, that never happens. It does. That's why it just, you won't see that here, ever. They, I'd, rather have, I'd rather have half this group. I don't care what it takes. We purify this church all the time. 
I don't care what it's, ask them. I have no friends left here. All the people that, oh, Heather, you're still here. Travis. I'm talking about the people who started this church. Gone. They all hate me now. They don't want Bible verses. They want me to tell, tell them that when, they're, when their lost family members come in, they want their family members to feel comfortable. No. Don't invite them then. You know what you're bringing them into. They're going to hear people speaking in tongues. They're getting the Bible. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. If you don't believe in speaking in tongues, I'm going to tell you you can lose your salvation. I don't care. Preach the word. But now I have written to you, finishing right here, worship team, make your way so everybody believes me. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or a coveter, idolater, reviler, drunkard, extortioner, etc. Now let me ask you this. Does that seem evil to you? If it does, it's okay, but you need to admit that you're wrong. See how quiet it gets? Do you know why? Because a lot of us have been raised in false doctrine. Just give them another chance. Get, no, you need to read what Jesus says. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. That's love. Some, some people in this room, you probably need to kick your adult child out of your house. Get out! Tom, you'd never do that. You don't know me. Finishing right here. 1 Corinthians 5, 4 through 6, final three verses of the day. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit may be saved. So if you expel the wicked man from among you, you reject the device of man, you're doing it for what purpose? That you don't inoculate them to their sin. If you just keep on with your humanistic love, you're making them abide in their sin. But if you do what you're told to do in Scripture, reject, expel, separate, avoid, then you deliver such one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's why when you see it, you let, listen, if you let that weirdo come into your house and teach a Bible study with your kids, you're leavening the lump of your household. Just like if it was me in this church. Not going to happen. You need to take action. When you see it, a lot of this will be digital. You see it. On, on Facebook, you see it on Twitter, you see it on Instagram, whatever, see it on TV, and it's a false prophet, what do you do? Off! Now, I don't care if they make you feel good. Turn them off. Because the only reason why they're making you feel good is for the inroad of the demonic. Don't let it happen to you. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man puts into the ground is coming up. Amen? And listen, look at me now. How many of you are ready to turn your life around? Listen to me. I don't mean, I'm not talking about salvation necessarily. How many of you are ready for a week that you've never seen before? How many of you are ready to receive, listen, that the world is scared of us? And we're turning this thing around. That we're going to win. Look at me. 
You wait. You wait. Over the next two, three years, you will see a revival in this land like you've never seen before. Watch. We're going to turn this whole thing around. The enemy will be cast down and the Lord Jesus will be lifted up on high in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.